This is episode 199 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 199 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Ben Julius on the show, and this was a great episode. I really enjoyed talking to Ben and learning all about what he's been up to. He's an experienced college basketball coach turned real estate investor, and he's doing a great job with it. He's got such an interesting story, and he's only been full-time as an investor since uh, the 2019-2020 timeframe, but you wouldn't know it. You'd think he'd been doing it for 10 plus years, and uh, his experience as a developer, as a cottage rental investor is extremely valuable. It was extremely interesting, the case studies we went through on this episode, and I know you're gonna enjoy it as well. So a little bit of housekeeping before we get into that episode. One, the next GTA West REI meetup is happening on Thursday, December 8th from 7 till 9.30 p.m. Please make sure that you're in the Facebook group. The link is in the show notes for this episode. Once you're in the group, make sure that you join the event so that we know how many people will be attending. I highly recommend coming out to this if you're an investor in the area and you want to meet like-minded investors who are in this network. I also want to mention the REI Hot Seat channel that's been up for a couple of months now. Uh, If you're interested in deal analysis and learning more about digging into the weeds on specific deals that are available on the market or just tied up in this current market, uh, I highly recommend you check out that channel. The link for that is also in the show notes for this episode. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's jump into episode 199 with Ben Julius. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Ben Julius on the show. Ben, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Couldn't have picked a better day to come out here for sure. Yeah, beautiful weather today. And uh, unfortunately, we're not golfing again. <laughs> that would be nice. I'm trying to get one more round in before the snow comes, but we'll yeah. see what happens. It'd be a perfect day for golf. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I haven't been able, I just moved. So it's uh, it's been insane. And I don't know if any more golf on the uh, horizon, but we'll we'll do simulator golf this winter. I'm in, yeah. We have a, I have a great one right by my place. So it's perfect. Looking forward to it. So we didn't come here to talk about golf, but uh, <laughs> it's always fun. It is. A- anyways, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Because I actually just met you at the golf tournament this year. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't really know your whole story. I know now from us kind of chatting, you're, you're doing a bunch of development, but why don't you just give us the story? Yeah, so um, my background is in, uh, I was a college basketball coach and a college professor for about 10 years, seven to 10 years. Um, and in Canada, that never really paid the bills. So uh was trying to always find something different, you know, like a side hustle, like everybody was trying to trying to do at the time. But I always had a passion for real estate, mm-hmm. um, and I just could never, after school, after university, could never afford to really get yeah. into it. And I didn't know how to start, um, mm-hmm. so just kind of got a push from my my wife to kind of take a risk and get yeah. into it a little bit. So we did, and uh, started out with our own, basically Airbnb in the third floor of our you know, our old 1910 home in Hamilton. And yeah. that parlayed into a duplex, uh, which was supposed to be turnkey. But as we all know, when we get into them, yeah. they're not so turnkey. Nothing's turnkey. So, uh, and then that went from, you know, a conversion from duplex to, uh, or sorry, single family home to duplex. Then we did single to try, single to four, yeah. single to five, and kind of just continued to grow and some short-term rentals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the whole story is we got into real estate about 2017 and just been, you know, started doing it full-time in about 2019, 20, 2020. 
That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it, like you seem like such a seasoned investor. That's still such a short time. Like, I, I mean, I guess it's not like that's five years ago now, but it's still like, um, yeah, I, I don't think about it. I just kind of put your head down and you, yeah. you go. And when you, you hit a roadblock, you kind of figure out how yeah. to do it. And now that that's in your ammunition bag, right? right? Yeah. So obviously, you know how to think though. You, you've gone that, you know, a long path. Interesting backstory though. Cause you were, you were telling me this when we were golfing that, you were so you were teaching in Buffalo, was it? Uh, I was. I went to do my masters in Buffalo, and I was coaching yeah. with the the men's uh, basketball program at Canisius College there, which was a Division One school. So yeah. okay, mm-hmm. and then you went on. You were working for an NBA team as well. Yeah, I went from there after I graduated. Uh, I went down and did an internship down with the Orlando Magic, uh, yeah. the year that they went to the finals. So it was, I was working with the players and the coaches. It was really fun. It was a good experience. Didn't make any money, but it was yeah. a good experience. <laughs> It's a good story too. Yeah. You know, I think I've taken my coaching background. My father was a coach for as long as I, I think he got his first head coaching job the year I was born. So his whole story was he came home one day to my mom, I got an offer a head coaching job. What do you think? And, yeah. You know, so from that point on in 81 to you know 30 years down the road, he was coaching and basketball was always in our blood. I grew up in a hockey town, so that was also there, yeah. but I really took my um, my knowledge of coaching and just really applied it to real estate. So I was a good coach because I was able to adjust on the fly. Yeah. And you know, at halftime we'd make adjustments, whatever. We come out and we we were successful as as a team and had multiple teams in the top ten in the country. And um, I took that philosophy to my real estate. Like you hit a roadblock, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, what's you your, your what's your adjustment and how are you going to react and and I think, you know, I would always tell us to my players, it's not about the mistake you made, it's about what you do after the mistake. And yeah. that has also kind of come forward thing. I mean, I've made so many mistakes over the well, four, the five years, and I'm sure you've made mistakes in your in your real estate. And, and it's just, it's a matter of yeah. learning from those mistakes and, or in taking a failure. It's not a failure because did you learn something? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've made like probably 10 times the mistakes the normal investor makes. I, maybe it's just my approach to things. <laughs> yeah, Break I, stuff. It's, it's yeah. again, it's, they're not mistakes if you've learned from yeah. them and you don't repeat them. A mistake is only something you, yeah, you do you repeat it, yeah. r- repeatedly. So I, you know, we journal, yeah. I journal a little bit. I used to really journal when I was coaching and, and journal when, when I was first starting out. But um, yeah, it's just kind of parlayed into bigger bigger things, different types of projects, different types of headaches. But yeah, so it's kind of gone from nothing to a lot of stuff in about five years. Nice. Just noticing this now, you have you have a, a great podcast voice. This is going to come out nicely. <laughs> I did do deep. some PA announcing. When, so I, when I go back to my dad was a coach and an athletic director in Thunder Bay, I was the, uh, I think when I hit 15, I became the PA announcer at the university. Yeah. So um, I was doing that. You said, let's get ready to rumble all the time. <laughs> yeah, I could do a good one, but we're not trademarked. So I don't yeah, want to, I don't yeah. want that to, to, to hurt anything, but yeah, no. So I did that. So I, I like the voice. Yeah. Cool, man. Okay. I wanted to ask you, uh, because you, you talked a lot about making adjustments on the fly. A lot of people are thinking adjustments right now. <laughs> so, I mean, myself included, because you have to respond to a changing market, mm-hmm. respond to changing conditions. Give me your breakdown on what you're seeing behaviorally from people. Um, also, what your thoughts are on the appropriate adjustments right now. 
Um, it, I think the adjustments all depend on what, as an investor, where your real focus is. And for my business, I have a three-prong approach. I call it the Trident, where we have our flips and conversions mm-hmm. um, on one side, our short-term rentals on the other side, and our yeah. developments right up the right up the middle. They're the long play. Mm-hmm. So you know, from a development standpoint, right now. It's it's interesting. There's not a lot like with the government coming down with you know new legislation. Hopefully that it gets passed. There's a lot of people who are now entering the game again who were kind of standoffish. Mm-hmm. But um, short term rentals, you know, we we just picked up another one, and they're to me they're I don't want to say they're recession proof or inflation proof, but they're a good outlet for um, to continue on with cash mm-hmm. flow. Uh, Where are you buying your vacation rental? Muskoka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say you're, you're not really going to want them in places like Hamilton, London. No, they regulated, right? Like everyone, yeah. people based their business models on something that was so fragile. All it yes. took was a little piece of of you know city restriction, and oh, <laughs> doesn't make money anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the nice thing about what we found in Muskoka, we did a lot of research in the areas like the Kawartha Lakes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in between. Um, Muskoka and Barrie, there's a bunch of, you know, Simcoe, Cooch, there's mm-hmm. a lot of lakes there. But Muskoka, they are so dependent on tourism yeah, that they'll legislate some of the, the short-term rentals, like Lake of Bays now has a registry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Huntsville has a, a short-term rental tax. Uh, but, but they, they want them. But they want them because they, yeah. they produce a ton of yeah, it's hard to dollars. imagine they'd ever get rid of get rid of them in places like that because that's bread and butter. Like they, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a new thing. It wasn't just since Airbnbs been around. People have been renting cottages forever. Yeah, I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, my parents growing up in Thunder Bay, all of my my parents' family was down in this area. Mm-hmm. We would come down to Southern Ontario every summer. We'd rent a cottage for two yeah. weeks every summer. And- Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly, and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. And um, yeah, it's been going on for decades, right? So uh, the nice thing about up there is you get 365-day rentals because yeah. your demographics are completely different. In summer, you're going to have you know, families wanting to get away and, and shoulder season, you have yeah. couples wanting to enjoy the colors up yeah. there. And then in the winter, you get the, you know, snowmobilers and all those, you know, ice fishers. And, but you also just get people wanting to get away to experience a winter because winters in Southern Ontario here are different. I mean, I grew up in Thunder Bay, so we had stuff to do in the winter, whereas yeah. up here it's wet and gross and gross (laughs) so yeah just gross yeah and then you know we did we did hold some buy and hold properties um we sold them when the market got really hot and i would encourage an adjustment right now for anybody that is looking to refinance right now or wants to um you know sell a rental property just hold it you know hold it to see what happens with the interest rates in the next I mean, everybody speculates, but 
you know, if you think about 18 months down the road, what, what we're going to be like, we're going to be in a way different position than we are right now. And hold off on your refinance so you can get lower money for cheaper or more money for cheaper, right? I think well, there's a natural adjustment happening in the market, though. Like if you look at what cap rates were versus where they need to be for yes. the interest rate adjustment, it takes time for sellers to to adjust, you know, to the mind space of a lower price point. Definitely. And, and the amount of people who are underwater now, uh, you know, their mortgages are bigger than their their value. Mm -hmm. That's probably a very common thing out there. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's tough to say, like, if you need the refinance dollars, I guess that's not great, a great place to be in. No. Um, because I think there's a good chance for those who refinance now, maybe, you know, especially on these these multis, like you're still getting the higher values, but in 12 to 18 months, they'll probably drop further to a point where the numbers work again. Yeah. And, and it, historically, if you look at where interest rates have been and, and when they do climb to, you know, at this rate, it's not like they just fall in, in the next year. It takes decades mm -hmm. sometimes for yeah. them to fall back down yeah who knows like i mean very unprecedented market we don't know anything but i think i think one thing that this is exposed is just how volatile prices are uh against interest rates interest yeah. rates just dictate prices it's crazy you know when we got into this five years ago it was an all-time low and then it, mm -hmm. with, when the stress test came in everybody was panicked and like yeah. oh my god oh my god but that lasted for about three months yeah. and then it went back down and went you know and then the pandemic hit and it was at an all-time low again and to yeah. the point where it's like you're if you don't refinance your house right like for 1.2 percent that's free money yeah right so and now we're getting back to what our market should be i in my eyes like mm -hmm. you know when you're when you're looking at a rundown home down in hamilton for seven hundred thousand dollars, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, it's, it's so artificially propped up by like money creation, right? I mm -hmm. mean, lenders just just basically creating numbers on a page and people running it until they really feel the burn of borrowing that money, which people are starting to. Yeah, uh, prices don't come down. So, um, lo long discussion we could have about kind of the factors that play there, but uh, interesting to have your take. I do want to uh, just pop back over to that Muskoka rental because mm. that's interesting. I don't think I've had anybody on talk about a Muskoka Airbnb. So. Really? No, I don't think so. Yeah, we're looking at uh, two more right now, actually. Um, so what will, what will uh, like, give me an example of what you expect to get in the summer high season and then the winter high season on a nightly. So we have one right now. We have a two-bedroom, one-bath place right now on a beautiful lake. We're waterfront. Um, we, I always have this, my, my wife runs it. Uh, two bed, one bath, you said? Two bed, one bath with yeah. a bunkie. So Lake of Bays Township just brought in the, you can't advertise your bunkie if it's not, uh, if it's not plumbed or insulated. You can't say it's a bed. You can't say it's a bed. Can you say it's a bunkie? You can have it as a games room <laughs> with a bed. So a games room with a mattress. That's right. So, um, but yeah, so it's two bed, it's two bed, one bath. Uh, we, it's very, you know, we went in there, superficial updating, paint, paint the cabinets, laid vinyl flooring, um, put a hot tub, and it, yeah. it's it's rented out ninety two percent of the year. Of the year, yeah, we have to like we have to book the time off that we want to like if we want to go use it for a week in the summer yeah. um we have to book it off so okay. so give me an example of like a, a nightly rental um average nightly rental for summer 500 a night 500 
And then winter? Three, 350. 350. And then what about your shoulder seasons? So we, you're looking at, you know, April, depends on when you want to, like you can really manipulate your shoulder seasons, but we basically do May and June and September as our real shoulder seasons. And you're looking at about 425 a night. 425. So the shoulders are better than the winter? Yeah. Interesting. So your average nightly rate for the year is what? Well, not, what would that be? Like a 450 or something? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So, so 450 times 90% occupancy and 365 days a year. Let's I don't see. know if I want to tell this on the podcast. People are going to people are going to go up to this and start taking them away. <laughs> so, so that's like 147,000. Yeah, it grosses. Yeah. You know, we this was we bought this our first one with our uh with my brother-in-law and which is nice. We have a conventional uh, mortgage yeah. on it. Um and uh so we yeah. we each take a week in the summer. So we take those yeah. take those out. We go up Every once in a while, uh, it grosses about, I think, one hundred thirty to one hundred thirty-two thousand. I think it did last year. One hundred thirty-two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and, that, that. and that's like after you take off that's the after. hosting fees and like hosting yeah. fees gone. Yeah. And does that including your cleaning fees that are collected? Yes. Okay. So one thirty-two. Yeah. That's good because we can break it down that way. Yeah. Um, it's it, we just do the gross because then everything else. comes Yeah, I, I like that too. It can get confusing if you if you don't separate it. Because um, what happens a lot of the time now is what we're seeing is we have re repeat guests, so the repeat mm -hmm. guests don't go through don't want to go through Airbnb. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you cut out the service fee mm -hmm. for both parties, so you know. Yeah, fun stuff. So we just picked up another one, um, which is three bed, one bath. We will add a bath to it, mm -hmm. uh, and it will go. Everything will 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 go up significantly. About a hundred bucks. You get a hundred bucks more a night. About that, yeah. So that's an extra thirty six thousand dollars yeah. a year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, let's go through this one. So taxes. Sure. What what are you going to pay on taxes there? I think I think they're about thirty six thousand or sorry sorry thirty six hundred a year, I want to say. And then insurance because it's that that one's not on a big lake, so yeah. the Lake of Bay's one's different. Insurance, um, my brother in law has it wrapped up into his, uh, so it I think we're about one hundred and forty, one hundred and fifty, one fifty. And is that that's disclosed as an Airbnb? No. You probably you should probably disclose it <laughs> just in case. Well, actually, I guess Airbnb it's, insures you. So Airbnb does. That's so why so we then I guess you keep, don't have a word. That's why we try to keep the most of the bookings with Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. It's just when yeah. people say, "Oh, I can do Facebook, I can do all this." I'm like, yeah. The one nice thing about Airbnb is everything is in, like you're insured. If something happens. Yeah, yeah. They cover it. They cover it. That is the nice thing. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you got to take deposits. Like even on our campground, we had the best guests through airbnb and then we had one booked through our website and this is before we implemented a deposit system mm -hmm. and no one's ever left a tent messier like just the absolute disrespect uh we're like oh crap there's no accountability when there's no airbnb so you just got to do a deposit yeah. and i and yeah. the one thing i like about airbnb is the way that you can review the property mm -hmm. you can't see the other person's review until you put your review on the guest yeah yeah exactly. and i think that you know that they can't see your review until yeah it's it's ultimate accountability yeah, it is good for, it is good for that mm -hmm. um okay so for maintenance for something like this it's more than just upkeep like obviously you're going to have your broken toilets and things like that um life cycle maintenance like normally we put 5% but in this case i would i would bump it up in between 8 and 10 
Yeah. Okay. So if we went to ten, does that cover like your your uh, pair? Like, what do you call it? Sorry, um, all of your consumables and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your toilet paper, your all all yeah. of your your supplies. So like sixty six hundred a year covers repairs, toilet paper supplies, everything. Um, utilities for the year. They vary, right? Yeah. Because uh, we are on an oil furnace, but a gas fireplace. Interesting. So it, it's if I had to do it, I I would like if the oil if the furnace wasn't there and we yeah. were putting one in, I would just do everything propane. Yeah. But, um, so you have propane. We have propane. Are you doing one one propane a year, like one fill? No, because the tanks or are they small tanks. The way they're small tanks. Yeah. So and our generator runs off the propane. So if generator kicks yeah. in, then we're filling it more. So I you know I would say that like again I don't my wife runs the Airbnb, yeah. so I don't know all the numbers, but um we can i can you know probably say that our utilities with hydro if you break down the oil yeah and the and the propane throughout the year the barbecues on the pro on the yeah propane, sure. propane tank you probably say we're we're for about 400 bucks a month 400 bucks. yeah cool so 400 a month times 12 is going to be 4800 um management are you paying a management company or are you guys just we're just running it right yeah now? with airbnb you have a but cleaner we do we do pay um we do pay the uh my wife takes eight percent eight percent yeah is that like what about your your cleaners fees that's paid for with in the eight percent in the eight percent yeah so eight percent sort of covers all the management and cleaning yeah okay so that's about 10 grand a year um landscaping and snow snow is, is snow removal last year we paid 300 bucks yeah for the season uh-huh <laughs> guy has a big backhoe comes down <laughs> Yeah. It takes five minutes. It's crazy. Um, okay, and then are you paying something for landscaping? Family. Just goes up we just go up there and just whenever. Just okay. whenever and do it. So it's uh, the way the property is set up, you don't we don't yeah. need a lot of landscaping. Yeah. And the the new the new one that we have coming in will definitely yeah. need to. Yeah. I just threw a thousand bucks in there for the snow and sure. the landscaping. Obviously, yeah. like there's no that makes sense because you gotta work. buy this, yeah. you gotta buy yeah, the you know, gas yeah, yeah. for your lawnmower, you gotta yeah. buy leave bags mm. rakes and yep. shovels and yep. all that stuff so that makes sense okay so what um when did you buy this one we bought this uh, we closed on it january of 2021 2021 okay yeah um yes because what did you pay for it for, well, we paid 745 745 that's not bad well it was before it went stupid up there Right, I thought it'd been stupid up there for a long time. So. Well, before it went really stupid up there. Okay, so eighty uh, percent. I'm assuming you guys got. We did, yeah. And you got like a two point five percent variable. So. Oh, so you're back into the uh, pain now. Yeah, we're back into the pain. So like six percent now. I think we're at five three or something. I want to say last thing I last time I looked, but for illustration purposes, I'm kind of like glad that's actually super helpful. Um, just so we can actually see what it still does yeah, in, the, in, sure. the, in the current environment. Mm -hmm. This is wild. So after all that, with a $500 miscellaneous, um, it's still, is this right? A 13.8% cap. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at at 5.3, your payment's 3200 Yeah, it's literally. Yeah. yeah. But you still have cash flow of 5300 Dude, that's wild. So forgive me when I know that a lot of investors love yeah. I I did not have good experiences being a landlord. Yeah. Um 
I didn't enjoy it. It became a full-time job for me. So yeah. this is where the development came, came into play. It's that yeah. we got to a point where it was, okay, we can add more doors and, and hire a full-time property manager, yeah. or we can go down the development route and just mm. go completely opposite way. Yeah. So this is where the short-term rental was really like, well, if we want to hold assets while we're doing this, let's get short-term rentals up in Muskoka. Mm. You pay a little bit. I mean, the prices were, you can pick up a cottage. I mean, at seven fifty in twenty twenty, yeah, is the same price as you were going to pay for a duplex here in Hamilton in twenty twenty, roughly. Like, yeah, take. this this the price would be about the same for this now. Yeah, yeah. So it's come back down. It's come back down. Yeah. yeah. So the one we just picked up um, on Lake of Bays, which will is a bigger lake. It's a two minute walk from downtown Dorset. It will, you know, it's a three bedroom, two bath. We picked it up for nine hundred. Okay. So that's very similar to a high-end duplex or a low-end triplex yeah. down in this area, right? Do you think, and I've like obviously spent some time thinking about this. Yeah. I mean, I look at our camp as like vacation light. Like it's actually like people who could go overseas, they could go to mm -hmm. more expensive Airbnbs, they can come camp at our place for like 200, 250 in a yeah. time. Um, do you think that there's gonna be any effect of the recession on what you can earn there or are you still seeing strong bookings regardless? We're still seeing really strong bookings. Like we've, we just opened up our summer and we've had multiple bookings. So already. people are already booking. Yeah. We haven't even opened ours yet on yeah. Airbnb. We're gonna open it on our website first. Yeah. It's it's an interesting concept, right? Because everybody's like, well, you can go to an all-inclusive for 2,500 bucks. Well, yeah, you and your wife can go, but what is if you have two kids? Yeah. What's Why would you go to an all-inclusive with, with two mm -hmm. two young kids? You They're not drinking, you're not drinking. Yeah. Like there's there's pros and cons, you know, you're, yeah. You pack everything you need into a car and you, you're mm -hmm. two and a half, three hours away. Um, the the dynamics of the area, there's so much to do as a family mm -hmm. up there. You know, I really, I took, we took our son this year to Santa's Village in, in Bracebridge and, and just to see that ability, it's all the amusement park geared towards, you know, three to 12 year olds. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. And it's within 45 minute drive of, of everything yeah so, um i love lot, that area up there it's nice and it's just it's just you're in it you feel like you're in a different country mm -hmm. when you go up there and it reminds me a lot of home because that's what my childhood was like we used to ride our bikes in thunder bay and you know half hour we're at a river camping with friends for the night right like yeah it's it's crazy so and in the winter like i said earlier you really get people who want to experience a real winter because southern ontario is not a real winter it's wet gloom gross all you yeah know, january february or into yeah. march up there beautiful it's a beautiful region down here but i just don't feel like it was meant to be lived in in the winter no it, <laughs> i don't think that was on god's plan he was like migrate away from here and that's then come right back yeah go a little bit north if you want cold <laughs> and snow and go south yeah. if you want the sunshine and yeah. and you know we've looked at other places like we've looked at down in in florida um you know I'm hoping that I know a guy who's going to do a course uh, very soon here. Yeah. Uh, you know, to kind of, I don't know the Florida market as well. Yeah. I spent a lot of time down there. I know where my parents have rented and, and where we, we've rented before. But um, Muskoka, to me, I've always had trouble with investments I can't get to like that. Mm -hmm. I like to be able to say, if something were to really happen, yeah. can, I? can I get yeah. there within five hours? Yeah. And that it's allows me to sleep a little bit better at night. 
right? So, and yeah, and I don't foresee, do I think that people will will stop renting cottages? Not in the summer. No, I mean, it, it's such an interesting conversation to have. Like, what is behavior? We haven't seen enough of it in our lifetime. There's not enough really good tracking for this type of thing back in like what happened in the 80s. Yeah. You know, because it was a different dynamic then. Uh, you know, it, you can look at it as black and white as essential spending and non-essential spending. But like you said, you know, people have kids. They're not just going to not give their kid a childhood. You're mm-hmm. still going to do things. That's right. You're just going to do more budget conscious things. That's right. So, That's right. yeah, may, maybe there is some hit. But I, I've thought about it and I think like, well, a lot of people who would have gone overseas, maybe they vacation local. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so the airline industry is more likely to be hurt than say local tourism. I totally agree. Yeah. You know, we, we've outfitted our, we, we did two things to our, our current one and we're going to do them to our, our new one. And we're looking at, I think next week I'm going up to look at three more to, to kind of. Three more cottages? Yeah. Yeah. So. Build, a, build up that portfolio. That, that's what we're trying to do. And. If you want to get winter rentals, if you want to get maximized, if you want to maximize your rental ability, one, allow pets. Yeah. And don't say, oh, we'll allow a, a, a 20 pound dog. Most people who are going up to Muskoka, yeah. they got a big dog. They want to bring their dog. Their dog is part of their family. We, yeah. we take our dogs everywhere. The cleaning's right? huge, though. It's, it's so much more work with well, dogs. But you also. Big cleaning fee. Big cleaning fee. Yeah. Right? If you have a pet, yeah. it's a hundred, it's a. You know, an extra, yeah. if for say uh, in the summer, it's an extra 25 bucks a night, right? Yeah. So you get an extra $125 or whatever it may be. Speaking of that, yeah, what is your rental? Is it is it a minimum week or is it a minimum so in the three summer, days? So in the summer, yeah. we go Friday to Friday. Okay, so it's full week rentals. It's full week in the summer starting yeah. mid-June to after Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, and then in the off season and shoulder season, it's two night minimum, which yeah. sometimes we get that's where our occupancy drops because you'll have a random thursday night that yeah that's that's open that's open right so Mm -hmm. those are when we see those those are what we we go into to restock so we go up once a month to make sure we restock and if you want winter rentals add a hot tub oh yeah hot tub all day long (laughs) like you have to it's it's insane not to have it we 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 had a, an idea of, you know, trying to get that at our campsite. It's just a little too much uh, logistically. That would be tough. But we, we can't operate in the winter anyway. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think hot tub is, is a no brainer for the investment you put in it. You're going to probably double your occupancy based on it, or it, at least the combination of occupancy and rental like, mm-hmm. income. You just, yeah. your, your off season rental pool just gets bigger yeah. because now you get couples. Yeah. People who want to get away for the weekend, want yeah. these amenities. They want to bring their dog and have a hot tub by the lake okay mm-hmm. we'll provide that that's right that's perfect so yeah so that's my that's our airbnb short-term yeah. rental uh model and what's the strategy to grow that because obviously everybody runs out of their own money eventually uh are you jving these are you raising private money so we're raising private money mm-hmm. right now and then on the next one we have some of our we have a lot of our own capital my mm-hmm. um to put into the down payment and the renovation the lipstick mm-hmm. cost that we need um but i've dabbled with uh setting up a a fund i guess you would kind of call it like a, a, a gplp to mm-hmm. purchase multiple multiple luxury cottages yeah so it you know i'm sure as as you go through your real estate mm-hmm. uh career that 
sometimes right before you go to bed, you get an idea and it really messes with your mm -hmm. whole sleep. So the last couple, the last week, it's really been how do we maximize, how do we purchase all these rental properties when, like all these short-term rental properties when banks don't like the short-term rental. Mm -hmm. And we went through this when we were growing our, our duplex, triplex, fourplex business. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's like, well, how do we scale that? So right now we're just kind of brainstorming on yeah. how to, on how to scale it, right? Put, pulling this this spreadsheet back up <laughs> because I mean I don't think it's as difficult as 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 that. I mean, go to commercial mortgages. So seventy five percent and twenty five year AMS, and then assume six point five percent. You're still cash flowing forty eight fifty two on that example. Right. However, mm -hmm. the stipulation there's is there people don't want lenders don't want you to bank on 90% occupancy. So we run so all they're of our gonna, numbers they're gonna come, 75%. So if they're going to think 75 here, and I can adjust that too. For, sure. Fortunately, I built that into the spreadsheet. 75%? Yeah. Okay. 75% your cash flow according to... Um, it didn't update. Hang on here. Let's see what that will look like. Over 12. It's going to be still 4,200. Your debt coverage ratio is 2.12. That's right. I mean... It works. It works. Yeah. It works. So, so we're just in the process for trying to figure out how to really scale yeah. that. Right? Those are some of the best numbers I've heard on the show. And like, I don't even know, like cash flow. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's and that's what we found, right? Like, I found yeah. that when I was, you know, doing the duplexes and triplexes, that cash flow became a myth. It did. It was the unicorn, and it really got annoying. Um, I'm just looking at it. So in London, I have a duplex front back. Uh, I just listed it for sale. Both tenants told me they're leaving. And I started looking at it. Rents are up 33% in London year over year. Yeah. 33%. Like that's, I was running some quick numbers in my, my head. I'm like, I think I could get $3,000 a month in cash flow now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, that does kind of give it, you a, a, does, pause, a yeah. little bit of a pause <laughs> to but reflect. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, everything is cyclical, right? Like rents go yeah. up, rents come down, demand. It, it, it's just, I don't. I don't like banking on long-term rental cash flow only because we had some experiences and mature, and I know you have, because we've talked about this, about people not paying and, and trying to deal with the landlord tenant board to get them out. It's That's mm -hmm. where I'm like, I don't want it. I don't have the time to deal with that. Yeah. I don't, it's not so much the time, mm -hmm. it's the patience. I can't, patiently, I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um... It's it's there's so much nuance to mm -hmm. to landlording like, to say it's all good or all bad. Uh, I I could say like I've had horrendous experiences and then I've also had great experiences. Yeah, we've had a couple of really good tenants too. The horrendous experiences came early on, and I I totally blame those on me. They, mm -hmm. They're they're totally my fault for just having bad systems. Yep, not having a good network of people to ask. Yeah, um, you know that so much good has just come from even when I started the podcast and meeting some of the guests. Mm -hmm like Scott Zanbergen's methodology for screening tenants. Like I applied that and like way better tenants. Yeah. And, it, it, and honestly, if, if the market didn't go the direction that it did, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have sold the properties. Yeah. Like it was just like, we can sell these. When did you sell? Uh, we sold them. Like how many did you sell and when? We sold five and we sold them all basically in 20, end of 2020 through beginning of 22 genius <laughs> I, listen it, it's it was really it was a frustration thing it yeah. was we also wanted to 
we also moved ourselves right anyone who sold in like january is is like <laughs> yeah <laughs> hindsight's 2020 but dang well smart we move. so <laughs> one of the houses that we did do was a like a, a single family flip for ourselves so we bought a um 100 year old uh, 100 no sorry 170 year old home built in 1855 mm -hmm. uh got, it was stone we gutted it mm -hmm. and we picked it up for if i told you what we picked it up for you would like vomit in your mouth because it was so cheap okay and then we put about 150 200 into it and we sold at the height of the market yeah. probably for about three hundred thousand more than it was really worth but yeah. we also bought for three hundred thousand dollars more than, than should have been than than what what the house we bought was probably worth so it's gotcha. kind of relevant right it's all sorts kind of relative to each other so yeah right like if you're if you're transitioning homes like i had mm -hmm. a conversation with a guy and, he, and he's selling his home like they, they had this place downtown toronto and their new neighbors moved in and they were like dealing <laughs> drugs and like well that's the problem when you live so close to people yeah uh and he's like okay i'm gonna sell but uh if i if i'm gonna lose more than two hundred thousand dollars on it i'm just not like i'm gonna draw the line somewhere i'm like well hang on you're buying in the same market you're selling in like so right. if you can f afford it it makes zero difference doesn't it right and uh he's like oh well yeah that's a point yeah people don't realize it, that, yeah that yeah you're buying in the same market you're selling yeah. in. so when it comes to homes that's that's different from rental properties because rental properties you can you don't have to buy or sell you're not moving into mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. yeah so so we we were just like we saw how well our cottage was we had mm -hmm. no idea when we got into the cottage we purchased the cottage because we wanted to go up there mm -hmm. with our family for a week yeah. in the summer for free right yeah, like yeah. let's buy let's with our with my brother-in-law let's let's get mm -hmm. a cottage we can each get a free week in the summer and then anything else after that if you want a second one go ahead but you have to pay for it right right yeah so we did that and then we saw like we're like we're not sure what we're going to get in the in the mm -hmm. winter and then all of a sudden we were fully booked and then we were yeah. fully booked again and we're just like okay let's position ourselves to do yeah. some of these because they're really nice too yeah so how many are you at now just the two just so far the two yeah. yeah and then I'm you're gonna scale that up hoping for the summer to have yeah. at least four or five live in the summer that's the goal on that end but how do you what's your what's your estimated carry time when you buy one how many months do you, do you have to hang on to that and just get ready say so, before you can even take photos right sure so yeah. it, it i think it all depends on the the, the the type of property yeah right so the if it's one a that, lakefront cottage you probably don't need as good of photos as maybe you do with yeah something so else what we're finding with these with the cottage market is is a lot of them were you know built in the in the 70s that we're buying 70s to the, to yeah. the late 80s right never been updated um lots of bulky furniture because what people did when they own cottages mm -hmm. they take their old furniture yeah they move it up right so really once you clear the cottage fresh coat of paint yeah is generally helps you really go so yeah so we, you can take inside photos and then maybe from the listing take some outside photos yeah so we'll so like, the combination of the that's two right so done. we'll publish yeah. our, our outside photo like yeah. our our outside photos from the listing yeah and um the inside we won't like we'll just our yeah. whole we take possession december of this like early december yeah. the goal is to have it live two mm -hmm. weeks before christmas so hefty okay right so a lot of work to go up there wow now there's yeah. other ones that we've seen where you're like like so the one we just did like our, our original one we we took possession of it in, in january and we're, our goal was to mar rent it out for march break we could have yeah. but we're like we still needs 
that extra little bit of work. So we just yeah. waited until a, until after May two four was our first weekend. Okay. Um, but you, yeah, you know we got a pickle, a little bit of a pickle with the campground is like you don't want to take photos when you don't have green leaves. You don't really get green leaves until like mid and May. Yeah. And yeah. uh, so all of our plans is just like, well, you can do all this, but no photos until yeah, it's tough, until right? Like June, it, it's a tough yeah. situation. Yeah. So Whereas, yeah, with your your situation because it's already there. Uh, we what we ran into the cottage that um we didn't have it like we didn't need to put a new dock into it. So that was like or did we did like yeah. we needed to put a new dock in. Yeah. So we didn't have pictures of the like we. Good yeah, pictures of the water. Yeah. People are like, well, what about? And the major question we got asked was, what about the dock? Yeah. Like, is there a dock? And and you know, what kind of shape is the dock is in? Put brand new dock being installed right on the last and thing. And we yeah. not knowing that these are the questions we were going to yeah. get. That's what we eventually did. Right? And you could even put like a sketch. Of well, the dock, yeah. I, it's funny you say that because yeah. I just basically I the place where we ordered the dock from. They gave you. A, I, they gave template. me like a here's a snapshot of what it will look like. Ah, uh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there, there's ways around it. I mean, I, my my question to you is, when you when you launch a new one and you have all these gaps in knowledge and experience because you just haven't launched it yet, mm -hmm. do you get some upset people that say, "Oh, wasn't as advertised," or is that relatively minimal? Um, we, <laughs> I mean, I think you're always going to have one or two guests that yeah just are you know have this made up in their head. Well, one or two is fine. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. like I think. We, like we got to like 180 some odd reviews. I think we had like 4.91 overall quality. Yeah, I mean, that's like, fantastic. So you're gonna have. Like, I don't. I'm not worried about that point. We, we, 0.09. Reached, we yeah. reached super host very quickly on yeah. Airbnb because our whole plan, like our whole thing, is we wouldn't. We don't want people renting something that we wouldn't rent. I'm the same way. And, yeah. and so we put like, okay, this here, like, let's yeah. spend the extra money. To do this because you're going to make it back yeah. right because like we we know ourselves you know best right like if if you like it odds are somebody else would like it yeah i mean we're all different but i mean there's certain things like hey that looks like crap to me odds are somebody else is going to think that looks like crap that's right yeah. so you know and my wife has i don't want to say high tastes but yeah. she's got good taste hence why she married me no i'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> yeah so you know I, that's I think when you're doing a short-term rental, that's the principle you have to live off of. Mm. You have basically you have to put in what you if you don't want to stay there, yeah, don't rent it out. Don't do it, yeah. And I've I've applied that as a landlord too, and probably to my detriment, right? Because like mm -hmm. there's plenty of landlords out there that just had like C class, D class rentals, and they were good with that. I wouldn't have ever been okay with that because yeah. I'd walk in and cringe. I'm like, I don't want to own something that I walk in and cringe at. Uh, you know, it could be small, but it should at least look like somebody cares about it. Yeah. My problem with with me when I was in landers, I cared too much about mm -hmm. what was happening to my yeah. Units. So it's a better fit for you to be to be the vacation rental Big owner time. because then it pays you to care about it. A hundred percent. And yeah. you know, we also have a rule that yeah. we won't like we want to be able to go visit all of our cottages for yeah a week or like to just spend time in each one. Yeah. That's right. smart. Yeah. See, I had the thought, you know, like the one, the one Airbnb or sorry, the one I'm building in Florida, I was like thinking, okay, this one will be for us when we go down. I'm like, wait a minute, there's a family like house in Naples. Like, why would we stay? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I still kind of want to just, it's, just it, because. It's it's yeah. nice when it's your own yeah. space. It, and exactly. you're not going to be it's, down this there is ours. Yeah. We always, we're always like, do we buy our own cottage and not rent it out? And we have two boys now. Yeah. And I always say to my wife, well, listen, in five, in six years, 
we're not going to be going up there a lot because our first son is going to be playing sports. He's going to be in activities yeah. all summer long. So we may get a week or two, but he's yeah. going to want to be with his friends back, you know, at home and, and playing. So. So I know you got like a three month old. How old's your other son? We have an eight week old and a two and a half year old. Yeah. Eight week old. Okay. Yeah. Getting sleep? Eh, here and there. <laughs> Relative. <laughs> My wife isn't, but you yeah. know, she uh um she's fantastic with the baby. So yeah. I basically take the two and a half year old and yeah, she takes the baby and divide and conquer. So Yeah. I'm so surprised that you got out for golf with like a, what, a five week old or something. <laughs> well, you know, it, it helps when, when it's a real estate, uh, yeah. um, venture. Right? That, see, that excuse just doesn't seem to work for me. <laughs> it's golf. It's networking, babe. No, it's golf. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's, that always happens as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a battle, but, yeah. um, my wife knows that yeah. golf is my release. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's well, honestly, like these connections, like a lot of the stories we had was from golfing. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it, exactly. it legitimately is um, uh, a great way to, to spend time with people because I find with like the meetups and stuff, it's so quick. You know, you yeah. have a quick chat and then you're all over On the room. The next like, one, right? Yeah, you don't really go deep in, mm -hmm. in, in such a short time. So, yeah. um, that's that's the nice thing. I mean, of you course, have four hours with a couple yeah. of guys. Yeah. You have a beer or two. Helps if you're shooting well. Helps if you're playing well. <laughs> but you know, I always say, as I said to us when we were playing, listen, we don't we don't uh, get paid to play. We play to we pay to play. So yeah. can't be angry at stuff. No, no. It's yeah, just just being able to like little things. I I really do appreciate more now. Like just being able to get out mm -hmm. like is huge. Yeah. Of course, I got a, a ten month old now, so you know he's getting into things like crazy. So wait till he's about four, yeah. 14, 15 months, and he's running around, and that's when it's a little bit yeah. more it's just the blood you know like he'll, he'll fall over smash his face and there's blood and then yeah you know, that that takes some getting used to yes it does yeah. yeah we had we haven't had too many bloody noses but we had a couple yeah. when he was learning to he didn't i don't really remember him walking too much because he yeah. basically went from crawling to running, to running. so yeah, we've had some bloody noses yeah. in, the, in those early stages. Yeah, so my uh, my mother-in-law got us a, a walker, which you can't even buy in Canada, from from like China or something. <laughs> we put him in there and he just sprints. Loves it. Like eh? sprinting, like yeah. spinning around, like laughing. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we don't really have any open staircases, so we're good there. But it's perfect. It's, it's, it's fun time. Anyways, um, you're obviously into developments. That's a big part of what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, give me the scoop because I know you've been working with Kyle Ford. I think yeah. you guys partner on some stuff. Yeah, we have two major developments. Yeah. Um, one is a 118-unit condo building downtown Hamilton. 118. Yeah. Okay. And the other one is 18 acres in the heart of Ancaster that yeah. uh, we're looking to put about 100 towns. It sounds like a Charles Waugh player. He did an Ancaster one. You ever talked to him at all? Mm -mm. No. Okay. No. Um, so... The the acres that's just like grass right now. Yeah. Okay. It's the old four three gravel pit. Okay. And then um, tell me about the other one. What what is that right now? Is that a, a, an assembly of buildings? Yeah. So it it was um, it really happened organically because I was you know we're trying to scale our our doors right because our whole thing with a, a group of us was more doors more doors more doors and mm -hmm. and so I ended up buying a. Um, a crack house essentially in on a corner of king street in hamilton mm -hmm. uh and then there was a our plan was to go up four stories there and get like 13 units or five stories and get 13 units mm -hmm. and then um there was a, a 
a vacant piece of land like two parcels over. Two parcels over. Yeah. And Kyle and I, and then I got approached by a gentleman through um, some older guys that I met about another building on King Street. So Kyle and I bought that building mm-hmm. uh, with the same plan to do on the corner building. And then it was like, okay, we sold that one. So they were just operating units, basically. They were just operating units. So yeah. we sold that one. Um, and then we bought the land in the middle. And mm-hmm. then we went and got the the two fourplexes in between. Okay. And then we... So you just approached these owners and just tried well, to buy them? Well, we knew the owner of yeah. the the, okay. the duplexes or the fourplexes yeah. in between. And she stuck it to us a little bit because she, she, I mean, and and I feel like they of. all do. Oh, you're planning on doing that. Okay. Well, yeah. you can have it at this price. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I feel like, and I've made this comment before on other people on the podcast. I'm like, don't dollar signs just light up in their eyes. Okay. They know they got you by the whatever. The short and curly, <laughs> right? So, you know, it, uh, it was hard because, you know, she was a friend and, and, and she owned these. And I mean, I can't get mad at her because I probably would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, so we bought those and then we got approached to buy the bar right on the like the last piece of the puzzle that we yeah and and we did that and um that was on the historical inventory list well before we closed on it we were really like okay let's do some research into this yeah and everybody told us that 90 percent of the buildings in hamilton on along king street main street cannon and barton are on the inventory list so they're heritage protected not heritage protected. They're just they have an eye. Basically, like they could be down. They the could road. okay. So um, our our planners at the time, everybody was like, it's on the inventory list. We deal with this with every parcel down here. Mm-hmm. Not more than likely, nothing's going to happen. Blah blah blah. So we yeah. we bought it, and um, we had a citizen write a letter to the city asking saying, for it to be protected. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Basically, press pause on the whole development because now we have to do historical analysis, historical reviews, and and you know the city said, well, we're going to yeah. designate this. So then we were in a basically a horse trading position with the city, and um, it in the long in the long run, I think it has helped the project. We've gained more units, more floors, yeah, as well as our whole goal was to get site plan approval in like September of this year. Or yeah, the end of the summer, 22, and really launch our pre-sales January, February. And do you have site plan approval now? Or we don't because of the historical. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, what it's done is it just kind of prolonged everything. Yeah. And I think that with the market landscape right now, it's it's better to wait. You kind of want a long time horizon. Yes. Um, Do you? Is that is that one equity or debt finance? So as soon as we get SPA site plan approval, we're changing it over to equity. Okay, so, so that's right debt now, right now. Yeah, it's debt and it's an expensive debt. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your total like acquisition cost across everything? Uh, with all our carrying costs included, we're about at eight point two. So you're eight point two into it, including your carrying costs, mm-hmm. like debt debt payments yep. up to this point. And then everything, all the studies, everything mm-hmm. well, like for studies and engineering and all that stuff where you're like a couple hundred grand. Yeah. I think the, the tab right now is with, because we've changed, problem is we changed the project. Changed so many the times. idea. Yeah. So we're, we're at about a hundred and I think when we, when I did the couple of weeks ago, I think we're about 175. 
175 all like yeah all the everything that's not bad man because even a small project you're gonna get into like 30 g's it's you know it's like it's it's interesting when you say that it's yeah people are afraid to go big on some things but Mm -hmm. it's the same process as a smaller one so did you have to do like shadow study uh noise study five shadow studies (laughs) um with a traffic study yeah yeah yeah, anytime you, you roll over those lines on the road, I, I never knew what that was. That's somebody paying to do a traffic study. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I always thought they were trying to figure out how many people are speeding on that road, which they probably are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I've never actually read a traffic study. I, I just, I, uh, we did one for our Ancaster one. Yeah. It was pretty, it was because like the Ancaster traffic study was very, very detailed. Mm-hmm. It was, I want to say it was like a 40 page document. Yeah. And, Talk about well, they're talking about the impact of what you're proposing every, to do. Like every can can it sustain? Where's the traffic going to go? Um, it's not a stupid idea when you think about it. It actually kind of makes sense. It's to me, yeah. it's the it's it's the one report that really makes the most sense of yeah. your project. And and so depending on what that says, the city might say, "Well, we just want you to you know pay for an expansion to this road, and, 100%. and then exactly and then we'll right. let you do it." Um, there was there was one uh, development in an apartment building. Uh, they didn't have proper sewage capacity with uh, Maple Road or Maple Drive mm-hmm. uh, in Burlington, and their condition was okay. Tear up the entire street and replace the sewer, and you can have. Your- well, that's what we have. To, that's what we're going to have to do up in Lancaster. Yeah. We have to yeah. purchase part of Calvin Street right yeah. at the, right at the base. We have to upgrade the pumping station because yeah. we can't handle it. And we knew those things. Yeah. So part of the whole process with the city of Hamilton was. We just wanted them to tell us exactly what they needed us to do. They and they will, they, right? They will after eventually. A point, eventually. Yeah, once you get enough studies. Like That's I right. think I think early on in some some projects they give you a pretty clear indication right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But then others, like with the traffic study and stuff, you just don't know what, right. what they're gonna find out of that. And based off of your consultants that you hire, they know they are they might know, know better, right? But yeah. The city has to come so, to those terms themselves. So you got to hire really good consultants. Yeah. So these and so these are engineering consultants. Are are you working with urban planners as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In between two of all of them, you're at 175. Yeah, for on, King Street, on the yeah. King Street. That's not mm-hmm. bad. No, it's not. It's, but the like the thing is, to get to SPA, as soon as you, as soon as you basically roll over past SPA, that's when the bill starts to really rack up. Because yeah. now you're doing mechanicals. Now you're doing. Um, now you're engineering engineer all, yeah, because like you don't need any things. engineered drawings or anything. No, yet. you just yeah. need elevations, uh, yeah. floor layouts. Yeah, you don't need any like the really concrete things. Mm-hmm. Um, you need a landscape study, those things, right? Landscape and engineering you need for mm-hmm. a building our size because you have to go to a design review panel. Um, but yes, as soon as that rolls over, that's when the the bill starts to just go ding 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 yeah. all the way up. So. That's when you hope for really, really favorable sale values at the end to justify it all. And it it seems to be that it's going that direction with condos. So mm-hmm. we're happy with that. So 118 units. Uh, I mean, have you have you worked out the numbers, sort of what you think the profit could be? I mean, I know everything's changing now. It's funny, like even every nobody's launching right now. Yeah. So we had people, waiting. We had people launch. The laugh like after the last rate hike, but not this after the current. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on the horizon that's launching right now. Um, but everything that's launching in Hamilton is is I would say is conservatively, uh, you know, high thousand dollars a square foot. Okay. Right? So like one seventy five, conservatively. 
1,075 bucks a square foot. Okay. And then yeah. 50 grand for parking. That's wild. It's crazy. That's wild. Even in this market with the decline. It's wow. still going because, because the, the, the condo market, Hamilton is really lacking in its condo market. Now we have a ton. It has of very little, very little. It, it yeah. has, right. They have a ton that are, are being launched and works, being yeah. built, but we're still lacking mm-hmm. in our density in our city big time. So there's a high demand for it. Yeah. But everything, cool. every realtor we talk to, every every launch, we're like, there's no way this is. And then it launches high. Yeah. And it sells out within a week, week and a half. And you're like, what the? Yeah, you just got to make sure you get on with the right realtor team to, That's right. to launch it. That's right. Um, so you think you're in like a three to five million kind of profit potential or it could be more or less? <laughs> um, like personally or as a as a group? As a group. Yeah, uh, I know you got to split I it think, up. As a group, I think our margin, are, you want to be in the mid-rise, you want to be in about the 15% yeah. margin. We're right there. We're right Of your minute. total cost, everything. Total cost. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so we're, we're right. right there. So like, yeah. for example, with with the build um sorry with the acquisition and the soft costs yeah and the build cost about 50 million yeah everything okay um what we've been quoted at roughly you know give or take hey, you're gonna hire obviously a top notch like uh like yeah, an yeah, ellis yeah, dawn no, or something yeah. like that yeah. yeah yeah we don't yeah so we uh I mean, listen, I've GC'd a lot of projects. Yeah, don't but do that. not that. <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, uh, Development and construction are two very different things. Big time, yeah. big time. So, you know, and the way that Kyle and I have our team set up is he yeah. you know, does all the finances and manages all that because that's what he's, he's a, I call yeah. him a wizard. He's just a wizard at it, right? Yeah. And I'll be, I'm the boots on the ground. So I'm pushing the project through and, and I'll be on site every yeah. day, even if it's just bringing coffee to some guys or just kind of hanging out and making sure Things yeah. are getting done. Nice. Right? Yeah. So. It's nice to have that that division. Know that somebody's taken care of. Yeah. I always end up being the finance guy. I don't want to be the finance guy, but <laughs> it's stressful. It is. It's I stressful. hate it's stressful looking at the numbers all the time. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it you know, it cause it it doesn't cause it creates some interesting conversations between your yeah. team for sure. Yeah. But we the mistake we made with that one is we were we were new into the game a little bit with it. So we we should have GPLP that right away. Yeah, and I remember Kyle saying, he's like, go equity. Because he came on the podcast a while back and yeah. that was his sentiment. And I know, so you guys have one that's done with equity yeah, and so one we, you did with that. We did, so what happened was we yeah. did the King Street one and because it was like parceled together. Yeah, and, and it was a different plan, right? It was a different yeah. plan. And in the meantime, when we did all that, we also acquired the Ancaster. And yeah. right off the bat, we were like, GPLP that one. Yeah, and then after that one was complete, and we saw how, um, how less, how much less stress. Yeah, it it, it is. We're yeah, like, man, we should have done that. Yeah, that's a great game. way of doing so equity. The whole yeah. plan now is to, once we have SPA, we're going yeah. to change it over. We're going to sell it into a GPL. Yeah, and you know we'll be doing a capital raise for it. Mm-hmm. I'll probably say in a couple months or so. And cool. In, in order to uh, you know fulfill the LP, that's cool, man. Really exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you wanted to cover that you wish I'd asked you about, or we kind of you know, we kind of covered everything. Yeah, it's yeah. been such a cool conversation. Yeah, man. Um, it really is just nice to kind of get out here and talk about yeah, real estate and no stress, no pressure, just. Chat. It's the way we do it on this show. It's cool. I never come in with a plan. No. <laughs> it's like, where is this conversation going to go today? That's it. Yeah. If you told me you were going to pop open a spreadsheet about a short term <laughs> rental, I'd be like, okay, I want to bring some more 
concrete yeah. numbers, but yeah, no, no, I'd ra- I like that just the back of the envelope because because this that's truly the way I I think people should crunch numbers when they look at something. Mm-hmm. Like before you ever get complex, get simple. And if it doesn't make sense at a simple level, it probably won't at a complex level. It's yeah, like even on our our developments yeah. when Kyle and I first started doing them, mm-hmm. it was all napkin. We call it napkin math. Right? Yeah, like, I like that. Like yeah. if it if it makes sense on your napkin math, then it deserves to move in yes, farther. But you don't go there right away. No. Yes, exactly. Because no. because I want people to be able to listen to this show and then hit Realtor.ca and just start looking stuff up, crunching quick numbers, That's and it. then you then get really snappy quick at. Okay, that won't work. Oh, that might work. That yeah. that won't work. If it's worth, yeah. if you can do some napkin yeah. napkin math on it, yeah. now it becomes worth going to see. Yeah, and going to check out. Hey, exactly. Otherwise, you'll go insane. If you go see right. every property that won't work, you'll go nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I can, yeah. when I first started out, yeah. it was I couldn't get stuff done because I was going to see so many properties that I yeah. shouldn't have gone to see. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. You refine that system, you know, overhand, and like the next cottage we're looking at, I had a conversation with my wife last night about it. It's this is what it could bring in dollars. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But at 75%, this still works at borrowing the whole thing 10, at 10%. I like that. See, that's the kind of numbers I can get excited about. Like something where you can just, you can spend silly private money and still cash flow. Those are the type of deals I want to buy. And that's what she said, yeah. she said to me. She said, I don't, it's just a lot of money for a cottage. I'm like, but if it makes money, yeah. does it matter? Yeah, and normally my counter argument would be, well, you're a one trick pony there, but at the same time, it's like Florida. When are people ever going to stop going to Muskoka? When are people ever going to stop going to Southwest Florida? Like they're not, No, <laughs> I, I mean, they might come in lesser numbers, but I don't think they're going to just stop. It's everybody from Ontario goes to Muskoka. That's yeah. the getaway, right? Mm-hmm. I lived in Florida for a year. Mm-hmm. I lived in Orlando. Everybody went to Southwest Florida yeah. from Orlando. That was the yeah. vacation spot. Mm-hmm. You know, people from Alabama coming down from, you know, yeah. from Georgia coming yeah. down, like like those, and that's why our next goal is to get into the U.S. But we're yeah. corporately not structured yet to do that, and yeah. I don't know enough about everything down there. Yeah. to do it. Fortunately, you know some people, so yeah. yes. So <laughs> all right, cool. Ben, where where do people find you? Um, best way to find me is is on Instagram at Coach Ben Julius, um, or just Facebook Ben Julius. Um, if you want to reach out via email, it's benjamin at agameinvestments.ca. We're revamping our webpage and kind of mm-hmm. rebranding right now, as everybody likes to say they're doing, rebranding. Yeah, so, rebranding. So, yeah. yeah, I don't really want to give that out mm-hmm. yet because it's not indicative mm-hmm. of, of where we're going. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, mm-hmm. I appreciate you uh, you coming on. This yeah, is thanks fun. thanks for having me. It's good, good to catch up again. Absolutely. All right, Appreciate we'll talk it. again soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode and a member of his team will be in touch.